0: Poetry Says episode 101 I am here with my dear dear friend Eleanor who I feel like has been part of this podcast since it started even though we met after I started making it and uh, we're gonna have a chat here because Eleanor's house is getting painted at the moment so she's had to relocate her entire library of books and we're gonna talk about the books the poetry books that she's deciding to let go of. <laughs> and why? And uh, we just came up with this idea of a brunches before. I feel like it's going to be super interesting. <laughs> Thanks for opening up your library to us.
1: That's okay. I feel it's a free therapy session in a way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so which of these piles is the to-go pile?
1: Um, e- each pile is... There are question marks in the pile.
0: Oh no! Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's much a bad, more complex this than is you a could bad ever start. imagine. Oh geez, um,
1: I, I I do feel the need to to cull what I have um, because I, I just feel like I'm surrounded with too too much stuff as I'm writing, and also I want to read new material. And I feel like some of these
0: things are holding me back. Yeah, because it's like I haven't read my Elizabeth Bishop. And yes. if I don't read my Bishop, then I certainly can't buy another contemporary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got that Elizabeth Bishop. It's a different <laughs> color, but it stares at me.
1: So my Elizabeth Bishop story is that um, I, 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 love, I love her poems and I love Marianne Moore as well. So their two books are, are always side by side on my shelf, and then I have this. Um, I'm utterly intrigued by the relationship between Elizabeth Bishop and Robert um, Lowell
0: because Me too. Ugh, what mean, is up with that? It's
1: just intriguing. I don't it's get it exactly. Um, I, I kind, I get it. Like okay. I, I, I get it, mm. um, and it. I find it um well anyway the book is words words in air which is the, their complete correspondence what yes and that's this book that I have here with all of the post-its in it because I have favorite letters that they've written to each other through the years oh my the God. idea of them being able to have this relationship that's about their poetry their admiration for each other and also the the frisson that isn't isn't there because i think part, uh, partly that, well i'm not going to go into the whole <laughs> um, their sexuality etc cetera, etc cetera, but the the true friendship that there was between them which is um, fascinating so that's that's staying with me always
0: okay good because i that's, was about uh, to be that's, like that's, that's i will not take that a question that. okay
1: the the thing is i have some Robert Lowell poetry books And I really am not into his books at all The mm. only thing I like about him at the moment Is his um, you know friendship with Elizabeth Bishop So yeah. I have already given away a couple of his books But for some reason I kept this one little paperback of his selected poems
0: It's a beautiful faber
1: yeah, it is it is quite beautiful. I got it like second hand, you know, like in a second hand bookshop for I don't know, like maybe a couple of bucks or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's gorgeous.
1: Well you see you see, now now you're having an effect you're you're affecting me now.
0: <laughs> because I'm thinking, you it's know really nice. Do
1: I really wanna keep a book because it looks nice and it's kind of got that old old world feel? Mm. Or do I want to just accept the fact that I really like Elizabeth Bishop and Marianne Moore and don't care for Robert Lowell yeah so it becomes like an in-depth psychotherapy session (laughs) (laughs) well what's like I thought that was interesting
0: uh, mm, yeah Uh, there's a lot of angles on that because like what's the problem with getting rid of Robert Lowell I mean there's you can get a nice you can get a Faber that looks like that of a poet you actually like
1: (laughs) I tell you what, I, t- I feel disloyal to Elizabeth Bishop. Oh. Like, that is how crazy I am. I feel like she really loved his poetry. She really enjoyed his company. I feel she would want me to keep at least one of his books. Yeah. Insane. Insane, I know. I'm living in Koji. I have nothing. <laughs> no connection whatsoever. 2019. It is 2019. <laughs> but look, um, Liz...
0: We don't <laughs> like him. Get over it.
1: He's annoying, blah blah blah. Yep. Anyway, um on to the next conundrum. Yeah. I would say the next conundrum is how many books on poetry, history, theory, and, and a type of academia, like the the academic way of dealing with poetry. How how Invested, Am I in that? Mm. Do I still want to have the heavy load, sort of like the monkey on my back of, well, I still haven't read, for example, The Mirror and the Lamp, Romantic Theory and the Critical Tradition by A- M.H. Abrams, um, Oxford University Press. He he was I'm looking here he was a professor of English at Cornell I guess I had done some sort of an online course and everyone was saying that that's like the book to read Um, I don't want to give up the idea that I'm going to learn more about the romantics and the same with Shakespeare's Metrical Art Every time I look at this, I think meter is so important. Mm. I can always learn more Shakespeare, and, <laughs> I, and I and I opened it now to a chapter that says Don and Milton, and I feel like what? How? How can I get rid of them? I actually think they are going to stay. I think they're going oh, to stay. And God, go. I feel
0: so tired. This is like just those books so- are just. It's just so they're I, gonna torture you. I'm ashamed
1: of myself.
0: I'm ashamed <laughs> of myself. <laughs> they're going to torture you. Keep the lol, Get rid of the academic books.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <Yeah. laughs> um. Oh jeez.
1: In other in other piles at the moment, the the book that I have already given away that I am now having second thoughts about mm. is. Um, is called the grand see this is what has happened to me this is this is what has happened to me i'm keeping the mirror and the lamp and shakespeare's metrical art i have already given away the grand permission new writing and poetics of motherhood oh my god i feel like crying oh, i feel like crying this is
0: what i do to myself uh, hang on do you know who you gave it to can you ask me <laughs> that
1: <laughs> i don't, <laughs> don't want to uh, bring you know personal names into it okay yeah fair um, look Truth be told, I can always repurchase it.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it's not you know it's not going to break the bank. Mm. It wasn't you know um, a special edition or anything like that. I believe that giving that away was really me forcing myself to um, to admit that uh, just because I was at first six years ago discovering poetry for the first time. Through women writers who were also mothers and writing about motherhood, just because of that, that doesn't mean that I have to stick with it forever. And that um, you don't have to see it through world, that lens. Yeah, mm. my world has opened up. Of course, it also has to do with the fact that my kids are now, you know, young adults. One has been living away from home for several years. The other is about to fly the coop, and you know. And we're repainting the house and reevaluating our lives. And part of that is reevaluating your poetry. But I do feel bad that I go rid of that. In my own defense, and to make myself feel better, I have kept... I do have all of the works of Bernadette Mayer. And I don't think I'll ever give them away.
0: Really? You have all of them?
1: I'm pretty sure I do. Um... Wow. I may have missed one, but I do... Oh, no, I don't have... Uh, again, see, I don't have her Helen of Troy, like the the, the more recent work, okay. because I really love the work she did as a young mum. Mm. And I have kept the desires of mothers to please others in letters by her, which is, you know, it, it might not even be classified as a poem, but it's like a book-length prose poem to me.
0: Mm.
1: So that's So that's good. On... Continuing the topic of motherhood, and then I will move on. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Um, Two books that always, I always feel deeply depressed when I look at them, but I also feel that they have a technical, technical things to teach me that are very, very important Uh, are Sylvia Plath's The Restored Edition Ariel. And a book called Black Acre by Monica Yoon. Um, I don't want to put anyone off, especially not off Black Acre. I would highly, I mean, highly recommend everyone knows Sylvia Plath. Um, I I find her work, you know, like very, very dark and it's very distressing to me. But I also like to learn from her you know, the way she writes. Blackacre is upsetting in a different way. It talks about um, not being able to conceive. Um, but again, it's it's almost an academic text as well because Monica Yoon is, um, has such an interesting variety of um, forms that she uses. And she is utterly obsessed with Milton
0: Ah, So again, it's going back
1: to, Mm. you know, here is a now mother who wrote about mothering or not being able to mother, who's obsessed with Milton. Why don't I know more about Milton? Who the hell is Milton? Why can't I read anything (laughs) by him? What's my problem? (laughs) What so, is your problem, Eleanor? So That's what we're all asking. <laughs>
0: That's my problem. No, I mean, come on! You're so hard on yourself. This I'm is crazy. very hard on myself. This is crazy. Those two books, okay? That Ariel will be gone <laughs> in two seconds as soon as it finds its way into a secondhand bookshop. Yeah. And Blackacre is very fascinating to look at. Um, it's got a very interesting goth-like cover. It's superb. and I, it really you know is. someone's going to love that. You've 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 had your time with it. What you're, you're better doing than you're
1: Marie Kondo. You're, you're keeping better.
0: it from someone else.
1: <gasps> God bless you. <laughs> 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 no, really, I do feel better about that. Okay. Um, moving on. Yeah, let's get more out. Uh, here's a, a, a silly one. I bought this for a couple of bucks secondhand when I was in the U.S. Um, it's a heavy book. Schlepped it all the way back home. Never really looked at it. Still can't get rid of it. It's the Wrong House, The Architecture of Alfred Hitchcock. Every time I look at it, I think I, this is fantastic material for writing poetry. The rooms and the drama, I mean, there's pictures of all the sets and all the rooms and all the stairs and the dining rooms. And, and the shadows. Yes. Mm. It's just so, I really need to keep this out. They even have diagrams of the rooms. And I every time i look at it i think i really need to just sit and write stuff using material from here for a, a week you know what i mean and just
0: mm, do you is though? it a lot of pressure is, it's is a it, huge is it a amount hu- of pressure that's
1: so much but it's only when i say it out loud i realize how much pressure i put on myself yeah
0: that's i mean that's a cool project for sure but if you haven't haven't how long have you had that book four years okay
1: haven't done anything with it yeah
0: so it's just a source of guilt and it's probably stopping you from doing other cool stuff wow get rid of it
1: okay now this is for anyone this is for anyone who finds a poet that they love by reading this next pile I mean yes you find a poet that you love because you've let's say read a poem of theirs online or in an anthology and so you decide you love this poet and you're going to collect all of their work. And truth be told, you really only like two of their books mm, mm. and you don't understand the rest because they're highly academic works that require you to know a lot about the background. Right. Um, but you can't somehow get rid of them. So, introducing Lisa Robertson. Mm. An American poet um, who I highly recommend I adore her Um, her occasional work and seven walks from the office of soft architecture is just divine you can just open it and read a bit here or there and now as I'm like flipping through I can see all the places where I put arrows Mm. and I just love it so much it's so quirky and funny and again is it poetry is it prose Um, but really, 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 I mean, I love that, but my, the, the, the true love is her book, The Weather. Mm. Um, she went to, I think the story goes that she was on some sort of a study period in England, maybe Oxford or Cambridge. And she was listening to the weather reports on the radio. There's a weather channel apparently. She couldn't sleep. She was listening to the lull of the words and she just um, wrote an entire book using that, that same kind of lull and the same kind of vocabulary and it's, um, it's beautiful and meditative and something I would go back to. See now, now I am getting that does this spark joy feeling <laughs> and yes, I have to say that this does. But then there's also exeglog. The Men, Cinema of the Present, Magenta Soul Whip, Oz Boat, I mean, this is embarrassing, Debbie and Epic, Nilling, and Three Summers. All by
0: Lisa Robertson. All by Lisa
1: Robertson. She's written a
0: lot.
1: Yes, she's prolific, and and a lot of them are... um, These are less accessible, in the sense that, again, if I only study more... I'll understand that she's ref- who she's referring to in you know but is the work
0: is the language and the writing like interesting and and beautiful enough to I,
1: I make that worthwhile sure. I really i
0: haven't I haven't decided yet okay yeah I think that's really interesting because uh, yeah. that's yeah that's a is that every book she's published that you own. Or close to. You.
1: I think probably close to.
0: So that's a big thing yeah. to sort of say Yeah, goodbye, Lisa. Yeah. But also if it's just staring at you, making you feel better. It sounds like you've tried with all of those yes. books, though. So, oh yes. I So have. you've done your due diligence. I've written
1: notes and attempted to um, to research. It's so funny because the only other um Apart from Bernadette Mayer I also have all the books I think all the books by um, Lainey Brown who's a, a favorite and also Dorothy Alasky mm. And those are the only three that I Really and and those I know Will never I mean they'll, They never let you they never let me down mm. um, So it's interesting but what criteria do you use For keeping poetry books I mean You know do you do you only keep stuff that's that you love right now do you keep stuff that um you may understand see there's which brings me to the next pile okay there is an erotic relationship i believe between a reader and and i'm I'm not the genius who came up with this okay but like, others have written about this for many centuries. Okay. There's an erotic relationship between the reader and the text, especially when poetry is involved, and especially when the poetry is um, is somewhat ambiguous, somewhat, quote-unquote, difficult. There's this relationship you have where you want to find out more about the poem, thereby find out more about yourself, and it becomes erotic. Okay and um <laughs> you i'm not sure if i'm convincing you well, <laughs> but uh, that's my personal that's my personal
0: view so i mean i can see how it could be erotic if you were really enamored of it and you felt like you you were like inside it and you understood and it was giving you everything but what you're saying is it's that attempt to understand it that's the erotic part
1: yes okay. yes so it's the it's the hide and seek ah oh. it's the um so i'm not really talking about a sexuality as, as much as i'm talking about a um a feeling like a of, charge yes a charge like mm. an excitement mm. that um there's you want to find out more um, and you can really only find out more if you if you divulge something as well yeah, but okay. you have to be careful how much you divulge yeah. and so Interesting. Um, this is why I think readers often will have very extreme reactions of um, you know either ecstasy or, or revulsion to a text you know an extremely difficult text often gets people very passionate yeah, it it's almost gets, like they're gets... revolted by
0: yeah, they they throw it against the wall yeah, mm. and I,
1: I think there's another side to it that it's asking for them to show something, anyway, so yeah. I am definitely keeping Anne Carson's Eros the Bittersweet um
0: very cool looking book,
1: yeah and I have um I've underlined stuff in that. So the point is, okay, I'm definitely keeping that. So what's the problem, Eleanor? <laughs> Anne Carson's
0: poetry. You're not an Anne Carson fan.
1: I have never truly gotten into her. No. Have it's you not read... that I dislike her. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't... Um...
0: Have you read Glass and God? Or Glass Irony no. and God? No. It's like, it's like... Have you read Bluettes by Maggie Nelson? Yes. So it's like Bluettes, like, in that it's an epic breakup poem. Yes. But it's way cooler. Okay. (laughs) It's like, she's out in the moors, and she's looking after her mum, and everything's terrible, and it's all pointing back to the Brontes, I think. Pretty sure it's the Brontes. Nice. And, um... She's so exposed and yet you can't find her at all. Whereas Maggie Nelson, like I love Bluettes as well, but I just feel like I just want to give Maggie Nelson a hug and I feel like Anne Carson (laughs) is just striding across. Like, she's fine. She does not need you. Um, Yeah, but I I mean, I can totally see how I've only read that. Anne Carson have not read Red Doc or anything like that. So um, I can see how I might have just got the one good one. You know? yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I bought The Beauty of the Husband mm. because, you know, The Beauty of the Husband. How, I mean, how can you go past that title? A fictional essay in 29 tangos. Um, again, it, I mean, the blurb is a, it, The Beauty of the Husband is an essay on Keats' idea that beauty is truth and it's also the story of a marriage. So I thought, oh, great, you know, I'll learn about Keats and I'll also learn about Carson and mm. I'll enjoy a book about, you know, um, relationships, and uh, never got into it. But, but again, I mean, you know, how much of of it is this um, feeling, this this feeling like if I just try hard enough. She'll give herself to me. You're such
0: a <laughs> You're I? the most conscientious <laughs> reader I have ever met. Like you will look stuff up. Like oh, you well. will get up out of your seat and go to a dictionary or to a reference yes. book and you will write notes and you underline things. Yes. I don't read like that. I don't know anyone who reads that way really. And and the fact that I mean, yeah, the pressure you put on yourself to like that you should love stuff is is I don't that just doesn't get you anywhere I don't it doesn't get any of us anywhere just yeah but I know like I totally get yeah. it because for years I was like that as well and it took having someone whose poetry and work and knowledge I really respected to just say ah if it doesn't grab you don't worry about it like and yes. that gave me the permission to be like okay yes I don't have to love everything yeah but it's yeah. Cra- like you know think about like music for example like do you if you don't like a song you're not going to yourself about that
1: yes but um but I think if you to be a musician and not know certain classical pieces is odd do you know what I mean um the also well I think um I mean, not in your case, but in a lot of cases, people who say or don't bother are often the people who have bothered. (laughs) I mean, not in your case, but what I mean is like with um, the the famous, well, it's not a famous quote, but in my world it is where Bernadette Mayer says, you know, she wrote sonnets, all these crazy sonnets, but she says, you know, you don't have to have read a sonnet or know the rules to write a sonnet. Uh, But but she knows all the classic sonnets, so of Mm. course she can say that. It's like me telling someone... You don't have to go to university, mm. you know. But mm. but I've been to university, yeah, so yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I always I feel that I genuinely feel that there's material there that if I try hard enough will open itself to me. I genuinely feel that there's there are important poems there that I need to read. Mm. Um, I'm just not sure when and
0: how to do that. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. you'll never. Never read all the books I remember my little poetry group Down in Melbourne One of our number At some point had figured out The Actual time in hours That it would take her to read everything she hadn't read On her shelf And it was well beyond Any projected lifespan So that kind of gave her The ability to Really relax about it and realise that there was no way she was ever going to be able to read everything yes even if she spent every waking hour yes so but it's a it is like it's a real not shame that's not the word i'm looking for but like a. it's a disappointment it's kind of a heartbreak to feel like yeah i'm never gonna read i'm never gonna read all of I'm never going to read Bishop. Like, I'm never going to finish that book of Bishop, let alone get to Milton, let alone get to Don. That's not going to happen because I don't have the, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't see it happening. See,
1: I'm, I'm a bit, I don't know if unusual or eccentric in the sense that on the one hand it's black or or white Mm. with me. Mm. But on the other hand, I'm not like you where you say like, I'll never read all of Bishop yeah I'm happy that I've read maybe seven eight of her poems that I adore, yeah, and the rest I don't mind, same yeah. with Marianne Moore, yeah so when I have this book, it doesn't mean that I've read and loved every book. Mm. I just feel like I know the core, I go with um you know it, it doesn't really make sense with everything I've said before, but I also go with my deep gut instinct, which is oh yeah I really know Elizabeth Bishop because of these eight poems I don't have to like I really don't feel like I have to read everything else but if I don't have that hook
0: um you don't have anything I don't have anything to to, go on. to
1: hold on to
0: um but with Lisa Robinson you weird. have you yeah, have the weird. weather and you have this other one and then there's eight more that you don't like so that's I feel like that's weird, just okay it? yeah okay I don't know.
1: Well, lastly, on a lighter note, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, I think for me, the poems generally that I'm going to hang on to, and then the books I'm generally going to hang on to when it's just me, and I'm not thinking about anyone else, uh, are writers that I sort of have crushes on, mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean it in the. I don't mean. Like, with the eroticism, I sort of meant a little bit about sexuality. But, like, with this, I, I, I don't mean, like, a sexual, freeze. I mean, like, you just have a crush on someone's creativity. Mm. And I think, like, a fangirl thing. Yeah. Like a yeah. fangirl thing. And um, I, th- I wish that more people would talk about that because, um, because, hang on, let me get this book. Uh-huh. I'm hanging on to this guy here my beloved jacques jacques Roubaud, <laughs>
0: <laughs> poetry etc poland cleaning house oh jacques Roubaud, i'm yours um
1: <laughs> look you know uh his his poetry is nothing like the other poets i enjoy um he's part of the ulipo group i heard him speak several years ago um at the um, Sydney Writers Festival. Mm. Extremely charismatic, elderly Frenchman. Mm. Everyone probably was swooning, I think. When I went afterwards and got one of his books from the bookshelf, there were several other women around my age who were like, oh, <laughs> isn't he wonderful? <laughs> but the thing is, um, don't we need, don't we as, I'm saying we as, as poets, don't yeah. we as poets need... Some poets that we just adore as people as well as writers because it's really, it's not really about, it, it's not really about each particular, each specific poem. It's about their way of seeing the world. That's what it is. So without having to meet him in a social context, without having to even really know his mother tongue or, um, Uh, having anything in common with him i'm able to access his view of the world Mm. through opening a book so i mean i've kept i've kept this book i did give away a couple of books of his poems but i have kept this because i mean it's called poetry it's such a cleaning house and it's just tiny little um It's not really poetry. It's just little bits and pieces about poetry. Mm. Um, So, you know, you can just open it and read... um, Oh, here, this is a good one. Um, Prose is like confused verse. What separates a verse from a sentence is silence. Silence, the blank that separates one verse from another, is missing in prose. The period has taken its place. What separates verse from prose... Is the period. So like he writes the way he talks. Mm. So he goes, What separates verse from prose is the period? And you're like, Yes, yes, it's all about the tiny dot. It's like I love you so much. And everything is good with the world. Everything is good with the world. Because poetry is not about is it good enough? Or should I edit this line? Or should I send it to this friend to read? Or should I submit it here? It's not about that. And it's... And, okay. I think at the end of the session, I think my time is almost up, (laughs) (laughs) therapy-wise. I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Okay. It's not about that at all. Okay. It's not about this this pile of books
0: this is lisa robertson by lisa robertson now holding and it's not
1: about you know who likes who like you know elizabeth bishop robert lowell you know or it's not about anything other than the space and the period the full stop in aussie terms it's it's just relax just yes. Relax.
0: Good. This is good. <laughs> yes. That'll be one hundred and sixty dollars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would gladly pay it, Alice. <laughs> you um,
0: I have no Medicare rebate so facility. I
1: um, yes. I I feel very righteous in the sense that by opening myself up, I have allowed. You know that line. I've helped others also. Maybe something I have said has helped someone else with their problems, with th- their poetry
0: problems. I think <laughs> we all have these books that just hang around. You really make me want to go home and get rid of them. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, Poetry Crushes too. That's an interesting little sidebar. I, oh, yes. I definitely, definitely have those as well. My current major one is uh, Terence Hayes. <sighs> Yeah. I, I can see that. I'm not really sure. I
1: can see that how
0: I would handle being in the same room with him at this point.
1: It doesn't matter, Alice. The book
0: is so bloody good. He's yours. Yeah. So what
1: are you talking about? The um the uh, American sonnets. sonnets,
0: my past and future assassin. Yeah. Yes. That book is. It should be a standard issue with. I don't know year twelve graduation or something like that. Oh. But yeah. Um, I think we've all got just so many of these books that are just you just buy them. I mean, I buy books as like a compulsive comforting thing as well. So Jeez. I'll I'll go, I'll leave the house, and especially if I leave Melbourne and go on a trip somewhere, I'll come back with like a little mobile library, um, and it's really bad. It's really, really bad. But, yeah, I believe that, like, by giving them away, you're actually giving them to somebody who probably needs them more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, I have an additional uh, dilemma. I mean, we should all be so lucky as to have this dilemma. I'm not complaining. And, um, I mean, I I don't know if this has something to do with the episode, but I, I, I should say I inherited a library as well. So I inherited my grandfather's library. Yes, it's um, incredible. It, it is, but it's also um, problematic in many ways. Yeah. So, um, you know, my... my um, first of all, books are very heavy.
0: Yeah, and these are big, heavy books. These are
1: very, very large, heavy, hardback books that are special. They're either limited edition, club, or folio, or they're, they're beautiful. Mm. Um Uh, there's a lot of them and of course they come with baggage because they're all my grandpa's books and there are his little notes in them and he was into things that I was not that I am not necessarily into Um, and and apart from that he lived in a different you know he lived in 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 um, in, well he's he's American so uh, first of all there's a lot of Americana but also um in taking all the books down for the painting, I put them in these massive, I got these plastic packing boxes that I rented for three weeks. And I put, I was able to put all of the books that were by women in one bo- in one box. <laughs> and the rest are all male. And yep. I rented 30 boxes. Oh my God. So it's 29 boxes of male writers and one box of female, and I'm not even exaggerating.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So, yeah. What well, a it's, library. It's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't. That, I mean, that's so tough because I wouldn't even know. I mean, that library will need to be passed down to your children, I imagine. Well, um,. You know, I mean, it's up—it's up to me. I suppose you could donate it to a um, library, like to the National Library or something like that,
1: because they I, do
0: take collections like that.
1: I don't think I could do that. Yeah, um, you'll laugh, but I'm saving it for uh, my um, my poetry-writing grandchild. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah—the poet. Well, it skips a generation, you see. So I know. Yeah, when you have grandbaby. <laughs>
1: Um, I'll keep you updated if you're still doing the podcast yeah I hope so